Welcome to the Extra Point Podcast. Extra Point is part of the preaching ministry of Molly Baptist Church in East Texas. Extra Point provides helpful follow-up to Sunday's message. Specifically, Extra Point allows us to discuss and, and deal with some of the topics and extra points that we didn't have a chance to fully discuss on Sunday and even go a little further. So if you have questions, you can submit those at extrapoint at moberly.org. I'm Paul Coleman, the teaching pastor here at Moberly, and today I'm joined by Tony Puckett, who is the director of Thrive, which is a ministry for support here at our church. And Tony, it's good to see you this morning. It's good to see you this morning. I asked Tony to join me today. Uh, we talked about in the message on Sunday, the lust of the flesh in this series called Entangled. And, um, and I shared some stats. The reason I asked Tony to join us today, join me, is because Tony, among several things that he does, he helps oversee support in our church for all kinds of things, like Celebrate Recovery, which helps uh, primarily, I guess, adults deal with hurts, habits, and hang-ups, but then Thrive is much bigger than that. So you might just give them a bird's eye view of what all Thrive does. Yeah, so it's it really is a supporting arm or moberly. So it, several facets all designed to do the same thing. So we have Grief Share, which helps those that are struggling through loss of loved ones. We have Divorce Care that helps people navigate what does life look like after that occurs in their relationships. Celebrate Recovery is for anybody that struggles with anything. <laughs> yeah. um, a lot of people think it's just about addictions. It's not just about addictions. We have people that have codependency issues, that have relational issues, uh, that just really want a community to be a part of. So Celebrate Recovery does a great job of that. And then Life Matters, which is our foster adopt ministry, uh, not only supporting families that are in that process in the church, but it's supporting the community from a foster adopt uh, perspective. So, and then we have Thrive for Kids, Thrive for Students. So we take all of the children of those individuals that are in those adult classes, and then we bring them upstairs and we teach them coping skills and how to manage their particular sensory or trauma needs. So it's pretty broad uh, and within the, the contextual frame of, of what support looks like around here. Well, I know it's really important, and um, I know you've been doing that for several years now for us and expanded it, even under your leadership. The program ministry has expanded quite a bit, and I think that's awesome. And one of the things Tony also does is he is a trained marriage coach and does a lot in terms of helping couples in our church and even outside our church through Hope Road. Um, just with their marriages and stuff. So this topic related to the lust of the flesh, you know, I mentioned this in the message on Sunday. A lot of times, I'll just use men, for example, because we know that men predominantly are the ones who are uh, abusing um, internet pornography, I guess using internet pornography, mm -hmm. and um, to the tune of like, you know, two-thirds of Christian men are involved in that that we know about. It may be much higher. So we know it's a, a very uh, pervasive problem, even in the church. The church is entangled in this sin called the lust of the flesh. So just from the perspective of a guy who's coached a lot of marriages, helped a lot of men, can you kind of just talk us through a little bit about, you know, kind of how you help? If there's somebody listening today and they go, I need to deal with that, but I do not know how, because as soon as I mention that to anybody, I'm going to be outed, I'm going to be shamed, and I'm going to lose my family maybe if I confess that to my wife, or my kids are never going to respect me or look at me the same way again. Just all the shame that Satan uses to keep people bound up in that. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is the most insidious sin, simply because it self-feeds. 
So I, I feel guilt and shame because of the decisions that I've made. And you mentioned it Sunday morning, the, the brain chemicals that get released that porn taps into, the dopamine and the neurotransmitters and, and all those kinds of things. So I'm going to go medicate to get over my guilt and shame. And so I medicate, I, I get the buzz, which is a legitimate thing that God built into us. And as soon as that wears off, well, I'm back to guilt and shame. And it just, it just perpetuates itself. It's just a self-feeding feedback loop. Mm. Well, what happens, though, is that I, I like to use the example. I'm an old country boy, and I watched a lot of people build fence in my life, and I like to use the illustration of an auger. You know, so you put this auger on the back of your tractor to, to dig fence posts. And so what it does, it just sits there and spins in one place, and it pulls the dirt from the hole up out so the hole is formed. Well, this kind of thing is especially like an auger. It just keeps mm -hmm. digging deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in the shame and in the the guilt and to get the same buzz from the dopamine, you have to go to more ever increasing more risky behaviors mm -hmm. to get the same effect. It, it, I mean, it really is weaponization of biology that God created mm -hmm. in us. And but what has to happen to get free from it is first you have to get honest with yourself. Um, as I as I told someone just last night, if forgiveness was not available to people that fall, then heaven would be empty and Jesus came for nothing. Mm, that's true. That the whole purpose of the cross is so that we have a mechanism to get over the guilt and the shame. Now, we do not encourage men especially, but women as well, uh, to immediately out themselves to, okay. to their families and those kinds of things. Why is that? Talk about that a couple of reasons. One is because nobody's going to believe you. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. Well, just because you've decided to be over it doesn't mean that you're over it. There, you need to build a track record of success before you go and present. So instead of saying, I'm going to get over this, Say, well, I was entangled in this, and for the last six months, I've been doing this, and I've been doing this, and I've been attending this, and I've, hmm. and, and so you already have the framework of healing in place, so that you've got a jumping-off point that whoever's in your life is going through this with you can say, oh, okay, uh, so this isn't just words; there's deeds. That's interesting. Yeah, it, it's a very intriguing thing. There's a curriculum that we utilize called Conquer. And the very first thing that comes up on the screen, Paul, is don't go tell anybody. Wow. <laughs> don't tell family. Don't out yourself to your wife. Get in a recovery group. Get into a support group. Get into coaching or counseling to start working through the entanglement. Um, but work through it first before it gets outed. Now, here's the, here's what generally happens, is that the individual doesn't out themselves, they get caught. Yeah. And the problem with getting caught is that there's no proof that you were really gonna stop. Mm. You're, you're not stopping because you wanna end it, you're stopping because you got caught. Yeah, essentially it's, how can I trust that you're really repentant of this because you didn't come clean on your own. Right. You know, you got found out. 
and yeah, it's kind of like catching your kids doing something and all of a sudden they're immediately sorry for it. Right, right. right. But it, you don't know if they're sorry they got caught or they're truly sorry that they were involved in it. You well, know? and the answer is probably both. Exactly. To be honest yeah. with you. Uh, That's true. That, That's th- true. That, uh, yeah, both. But I, I can tell you that a, a lot of the individuals that I have talked to, while the guilt and the shame is overwhelming and the embarrassment, now we're going to add embarrassment to it because I've been caught. But the the relief of mm-hmm. now somebody knows, while not a fun experience, right, can be a very very healthy experience because the power of shame is secrecy, and once the secret's gone, then the shame can be dealt with in its true nature and and get resolved. So I mentioned on Sunday that there was a young man in our church who dealt with this and um, learned to have victory in his life. He brought his wife into the conversation at some point and they've worked through that and she's now become an ally to help him and to help other wives who may have husbands who are struggling with this. And so you can go to mobberly.org slash extra and read his story and even contact him. One of the things I said Sunday was you may not feel comfortable because that, that coming out, that outing oneself who is the proper person to do that with? You know, that's a scary premise. And so what we've tried to do as a church is say, here's a young man who has struggled with it. He's not sitting on a pedestal somewhere. He's not, not that anybody on our staff would, would approach you in that way either, but I get it. That's kind of a daunting thing to maybe approach a church staff member, a pastor or a minister and say, well, I got to tell you this horrible thing about myself. You might feel more comfortable telling someone who has a common struggle with you and who understands you. And so I would encourage you to go to that page and find some resources there. If you're a wife whose husband is struggling with this and maybe not winning the battle all the time and that's creating tension or just distance in your relationship, you can certainly contact this young man's wife. She's there as well. Her email's there and she's more than happy to to visit and start a conversation with you and just kind of help you. But I think the thing that's so encouraging, I shared on Sunday a stat that you actually gave me only 7% of churches have any kind of program to help their membership or their congregation deal with the issue of the lust of the flesh. And I am thankful that our church has had that for many years and does and continues mm-hmm. to do things like this Conquer series you mentioned that essentially is a Bible study that men can be a part of without having to go to a group. <laughs> men are so reticent about even open, opening up and talking about anything. A lot of men are. And, and tend to try to talk about something as personal as failure and um, shame and all those things that go along with giving in to the lust of the flesh. Yeah, you're right. Satan's weaponized a natural function between a husband and a wife and used it to keep people in bondage. And I, I do think the church, not just our church, but I think the church at large is entangled in this sin. And I, th- I think it keeps... I think it keeps church from being effective in lots of different ways, you know, because it is an individual thing. It's not like we're just corporately doing this. But if you add all that up, the church at large cannot be effective for the Lord, can't communicate with him, can't grow, and certainly can't lead the way that he wants him to lead. Um, Talk a little bit about, you mentioned the brain chemistry, and that's something that I just barely touched on. Uh, I said in the message that the brain chemistry research seems to indicate that whatever your source of pleasure is, that tends to be the thing your brain wants to return to. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. What happens is that we create these these neuropathways, as you mentioned, and the biology of it 
is, you know, you go back to Genesis and it tells us that the man will leave his father and mother and will, and will cleave to his wife and they will become one flesh. Well, what we know about intimacy, and I'm not talking about just physical intimacy, I'm talking about spiritual and emotional intimacy as well, is that it releases those chemicals. And there's, there's a whole list of them and I don't want to bore people with the names. <laughs> um, but they're God designed, they're God intended, and that's what feeds and maintains that cleaving process. So God is the one who built the desire to return to the, to the pleasure with the intention of you return to your spouse for the pleasure. And both in all three of those roles, well, when you have breakdown in marriage, then that's one thing that happens. So um, family grows, uh, obligations occur. Um, one of the things I see frequently is that the wives no longer feel safe with their husbands, so intimacy is no longer as available or they're not as willing to participate in that, which frustrates the husband's desires because men need that to be able to function. And so you get you get into this really ugly standoff situation. That's one thing that happens. Mm. The other thing that happens prevalently, which is why the statistic about nine-year-olds getting exposed to this, is that we get um, educated through experience about these pleasure pathways before we're even old enough to know what they are. We certainly are not old enough to utilize the way that God intended it to function. And so now we just kind of shortcut God's design altogether. And I, I come into the marriage with this problem. I come mm. into the relationship with this problem. Just last Monday night at Celebrate Recovery, a man gave up, stood up and gave his testimony about freedom from pornography. And his story was, I, I was already up to my eyeballs in this before I ever got to high school. So let me stop you right there because I, as a youth minister, used to hear this quite a bit from teenage guys, especially high school guys, who would say, well, this will all go away when I get married. Yeah, the single biggest lie on the planet. Mm. Simply because we have ingrained these pathways. And there's a, there's a couple of things that a lot of people don't really think about. Is that when you are self-medicating, which is you're doing it for yourself, to yourself, for the benefit of yourself. Well, I don't need any other engagement. I don't need any other involvement. I don't have to work at the relationship. I don't have to ensure that I am pleasing my partner in those three areas of intimacy. Add to it the, the Walmart approach to pornography, and that is I can go find my particular niche that maximizes my pleasure, and I click on it, and it's there, and I don't have to do anything. I just consume it. And so I self-fulfill my desire. I self-conclude the behavior. And I don't have to answer to anybody it's about completely, it. I said Sunday self-centered. And, I, and again, I didn't mean that to be condemning, but it's completely focused on yourself. Whereas in marriage, intimacy, if it's selfless, that's how you create intimacy is two selfless people coming together, seeking the pleasure of the other, in, at least in the marriage context. And that creates that sense of intimacy physically that the right. Lord wants. This is completely selfish. And I, and I was reading some studies last week, just doing some research about this, decided not to mention this in the message. But 
Um, there are many in the millennial generation now who've been a part of this since they were children, as far as internet pornography, who don't even want to get married. Well, it, it, yeah, and then so, I, so I'm going to delay marriage because now my personal goals and aspirations are greater than my relationship. Well, the sexual function is what design, what drives marriage. Right. Well, now I can meet those needs through other means. And so it's not as necessary. And we're not even talking about hooking up or shacking up or, exactly. or tendering or, or those kinds of things. Add to it. So, you know, every sin has unintended consequences. Right. So here's, here's a really, really crazy truth. Uh, and parents, if your kids are listening, you might want to close their ears for just two seconds. Um, there is this new issue that's arisen called PIED. And it's porn-induced erectile dysfunction. So there are men that literally cannot function biologically because being with another person doesn't produce the responses that the computer images has produced. Wow. Okay. So that probably, this is a guess on my part, that probably goes along with all of these drugs that you see that men need now. Yes. Yes. To produce arousal. Yes. Wow. Because what literally happens is that, again, I'm chasing this dopamine high. And so I look at my wife in a state of sexual, in, you know, Congress. And well, I passed that dopamine stage when I was 12, 13, 14. Wow. And so I, I have clients that come and talk to me that she says he can't even have sexual relationship with me wow. unless he's watching porn in the process. Oh, my word. Wow. Now, is that common? Well, the fact of the matter is we don't know if it's common, but I can tell you it is a growing issue. One of the things I read in the research is, and this spoke to me to God's redemption, his ability to redeem this, because a man may be listening to this and go, that's me. You just described me. So does that mean that I'm never, if I wanted to repent of this, if I wanted this to end in my life, because I do see that, the end when it happens will be terrible for me and everyone that I say I love. So if I wanted it to end in my life, can I ever get that back with my wife? You know, and, and the research that I read was hopeful to say, if you cut that source off in your life and you return to the God given source, which is your wife, if you're a man, your spouse, then God can restore that. Obviously we know that, but even biologically, again, your brain will form a pathway back to that. Yeah, so one of the things that we're learning is that the brain has tremendous plasticity, which is just a real big fancy word for being able to rearrange itself. And so if you eliminate those neuropathways, which what would look for us is abstaining from that consumption, and you start building new neuropathways, back to how it's appropriate, then eventually your brain will re-entrench into those pathways. So there's and hope. There's hope. There's, there's absolutely hope. But yeah. for that to work, you can't go back to the old way. <laughs> you can't mess with your brain, right? Yeah. You, 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 but, the, but the temptation is, but this is so hard. Mm. Well, I think what people lose sight of is the addiction is hard. It just happened incrementally, and you don't realize just how deep that hole is until you get to the bottom of it and go, oh, I can't see the sun. You know, it's yeah. so dark. Yeah. So 
I, I heard a great phrase when I was a youth pastor that in, in fairness, you got to give God as much time to fix it as it took you to break it. <laughs> that is good. Now, the great news is he often moves a lot faster That's true. than can. that. Um, but there's absolutely, absolutely uh, the realistic and accomplishable sense of redemption. Well, I think Satan, one of the lies Satan tells us is that he accuses us. We know that. And so then he he causes us to feel condemned, as I mentioned on Sunday. And we think, well, there's no hope for me. And some people end up in divorce, uh, isolated and from their kids, uh, living this lifestyle that, again, it's kind of like the nation of Israel, Lamentations 1-9. Her fall was astonishing. No one could believe it because she didn't consider her future. Well, I've seen that, and you have two in people's lives. You just go, their their life fell completely apart. You know, and sometimes we don't always know why, but oftentimes it's this sin that was never addressed. And because the church, by and large, not just our church, but the church corporately, doesn't want to deal with this, um, you know, I, I mentioned in the message on Sunday that on September 11th, this was the number one topic of discussion that I brought to the table for a staff retreat, which we didn't end up getting to have that day because of everything that happened in our country. Um, when we finally did discuss it, and again, it was fairly, the issue wasn't new because the issue's as old as man. Um, even before there was internet pornography, this has been an issue in men's life in various forms, but even when we talked about that, because of internet pornography, because of the pro proliferation of that, and just there weren't a ton of resources even that early on, uh, there was a decision made just to say, well, you know, you deal with it however you can, but we're not going to talk about this in the church. And that's not a criticism as much as just a, it's what's happened across the board. And so men haven't felt the freedom to deal with it. Just They just live in the bondage. And many of them come and sit in our churches every Sunday and play the game and go through the motions of being a Christian. And maybe they are a follower of Jesus Christ, but they're just in bondage to this. So, you know, what I want people to hear through the message on Sunday and through this podcast is that there is hope and that you can, God can deliver you from this. That's why I think it's so important that you go to that landing page, moberly.org slash extra, and read the story of a young man in our church who has found hope. And he's one of many, but his, his thing is, I will do anything to help men come out of the darkness here. And I don't care who knows that I struggle with this. I'm way over that. <laughs> and I love that about him. I'm way past that. And, um, you know, Sunday morning at the end of the first service, uh, a young man came down with just tears in his eyes, and I didn't expect it. Mm -hmm. And I talked about confession. He came forward and said, you just described me. That's me, and I need help. And I grabbed this young man who happened to be standing there, and I said, come over here, come here, come here, come here. I said, you guys get together and talk about this because I said, he can help you in ways that I probably can't and he can support you. And uh, so I'm so thankful for you, Tony. I'm thankful that you're here and leading these ministries that, that deal with these real issues in people's lives. Is there any encouragement you want to give to people who are listening today who still are kind of going, I just don't know if I can, I can deal with this. Let me say one other thing. I got an email Sunday afternoon from a, a lady who said, I'm in the divorce proceedings right now because of this issue, primarily because of this issue. And I'm willing to forgive my husband, but he won't repent. And I can't offer him forgiveness for something he's unwilling to change and abandon. And so I have a feeling there's a bunch more like that out there that oh, we yeah. just don't know about. And what I would say, and you can say it better than me, Tony, somebody who's struggling with that, either a wife or a husband, um, 
what, what hope would you offer them today, just practically for our church perspective and resources and stuff? Well, well, in support ministry, one of the things that we guard at all at all cost is confidentiality and safety. We're not going to out you. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to shame you. And uh, if I can just get really transparent, Paul, one of the reasons why we value that, and I insist on it, and our leaders insist on it, is because I, too, am in recovery from pornography. I was in, I've been in ministry for 35 years, so I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. I, I know the feelings of guilt and shame. I know what goes on in, in a man's head. I can't speak to the female side, but I, you know, Satan's pretty lazy. He usually doesn't create any ways yeah. of doing things. Uh, so I suspect it's pretty similar. And I've had people say, well, how long have you been in recovery? Well, well it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. And right. they go, what, is, what do you mean it doesn't matter? I said, I've got to be free today. That's right. I've got to I've got to win today. And the way that I win is by not keeping it secret, by having people around me that I can go say I'm struggling. It's not a sin to struggle. To be tempted, right. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly not, right. I, I had a client that said, I sat in the parking lot for five minutes, but I cranked my car and left. Wow. And he said, because I, I told God, I, I can't do this. You've got to help me. And he did. That's great. And, and so the other thing I want to say is that God is not sitting on his throne going, ha, 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 you shameful human being. Right. Back to the cross conversation. Mm-hmm. He knows how he designed this. He knows how he created this. And he wants to restore that because that's his purpose for all of us. So you can be free. You have to recover on a daily basis. There are tons of support mechanisms even if if you don't come through Moberly there's right. there's all kinds of things out there to be able to help you one that I'll mention it's it's a funny name but it, you don't forget it and it's triplexchurch.com it's xxxchurch.com and there are all kinds of resources there to help men and women get free from this another one is covenant eyes it's a software program that helps you be accountable but they have other resources available to you there is help. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what's really kind of intriguing is that the very thing that God may have used to, that Satan may have used to entangle you, the internet, is the exact same thing that can bring healing to you, which is the that's internet. Great. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Well, man, I appreciate you joining me today. I appreciate your wisdom. And just give them maybe your, would you mind giving your email address? No, to not at all. So you they can want to reach out to you? Yeah, you can get in touch with me at Tony P at Moberly.org. That's T-O-N-Y, the letter P is in Paul at Moberly.org and uh, we, I was very happy to chat with you about this and get you connected with the solutions that we offer. Thank you, Tony. And I would say to you guys that are listening, do that. And even if it's not your particular struggle, but you're maybe you're in a support role in somebody's life, a parent, friend, brother, sister, and you're trying to figure out without being codependent how to help that person, how to really encourage them. Maybe Tony can help you with some of that. Again, I mentioned that landing page, marbley.org slash extra. In addition to a couple of stories there, our women's minister wrote a letter for women, and you can reach out to her if you're a woman who struggles with this, because we know that the statistics tell us that 33% of Christian women at least once a month view pornography online. So we know that that number, unfortunately, has increased and probably will continue to do so. But we're hoping for victory for people in the area of their lives, especially women and men. But um, 
if you're a parent, I mentioned on Sunday that there's some resources there for you as well. Tony mentioned these two websites. There's some other stuff that's, that's on the uh, landing page for you that as a parent you can do and use to put safeguards in place while your kids are at home, still living under your roof, to protect them. Tony mentioned, you know, that children often will see things, and sometimes it's accidental. The very first week I preached on Entangled, a lady came up to me the following Sunday and said that a boy in their family had come up to the dad and said that he was on his iPad the week after I preached on being entangled, the danger of being entangled, and uh, told his dad he'd seen something he shouldn't have seen. And he said, I don't want to be entangled, Dad. And I thought, wow, thank you, Lord. There is a danger to avoid here. (laughs) And so as parents, I think we know that. We want to protect our kids, but giving them access to the Internet without adult eyes around them or without some safeguards in place is irresponsible. I would just say that as strongly as I know how to say that. Kids don't need internet on their phone. They don't need a lot of, you say, well, they have to do homework and all these other things. Well, if they're going to do that, there's safeguards you can put in place. And there's some resources on that webpage to help you with that. But um, we got to be really proactive. And a parent who's entangled in this sin is not very much help to a child who may wander into this accidentally and become entangled. And so um, I just encourage you as parents in that area to be very, very diligent. So thanks for tuning in this afternoon. And and we hope that this podcast has been helpful for you as you lead your family, as you lead your connect group or a discipleship relationship in your life as you're leading someone else. Um, If you have questions, don't forget to submit them to extrapoint at moberly.org. And we would love for you to join us in worship this coming Sunday in the Lord's Day here on campus or online at moberly.org. Thanks for tuning in today.